Well, hello. Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. This is a very special bonus episode I'm calling 2022 One Addict's Year in Review. This episode will highlight progress, gratitude, good news, positivity, and hope, all wrapped up in one little bundle. And I had to throw in a couple of those year-end lists because... Well, because I love those year-end lists. I can't get enough of them, really. So, I made two best of 2022 lists just for you guys. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for that little treat. But first, let's get right into 2022, One Addict's Year in Review. The central goal of both my memoir and this podcast has been to provide some hope for addicts, alcoholics, and their loved ones. The same kind of hope that I've been clinging to since I put my tail between my legs and checked into inpatient rehab about seven years ago in 2015. I was gifted that initial glimmer of hope the first time I heard the story of a drug addict who had managed to bounce back from rock bottom and find purpose and happiness in his life again. I was about four days sober at the time, I think, and That was longer than I'd been sober in years. And I was sitting about 10 rows back in one of the lecture halls at uh, Hazelden Betty Ford up in uh, Minnesota. And the speaker that day was a drug addict who'd been in recovery for maybe 20 years, if I remember it right. He used to be in what sure sounded like a pretty badass biker gang or motorcycle club or whatever the right way to say that is. And although those days were uh, well behind him, um, he definitely still looked the part. Uh, The image that you have in your head right now is dead on, I promise. I can only vaguely recall a few of the details of this guy's story, but I definitely won't forget the way it made me feel. After hearing a, a little bit about the destruction, devastation he left in the wake of his addiction, about the violence, about prison, about everything he lost, about his thoughts of suicide, and then about his first meeting in rehab and and the way he steadily but gradually built a new life for himself, and then seeing him smile at the end when he told us that he'd never been happier in his life than he was at that very moment. After all of that, my mind and my heart opened just enough to let some hope in, some hope that I'd be Flashing a similar smile someday, with much less beard, uh, of course. And here I am, seven years later, smiling, just like like I won something. So, I figured this was as good a time as any to pass that gift on to you all by sharing some of the more recent details of my recovery story. And if even one person hears this, and decides not to give up on that recovery just yet, no matter how hard and fruitless it has seemed, then I will have made the kind of difference I've been striving for all along. So, this is the story of my experience, my strength, and my hope. As you listen, keep in mind that just seven years ago, I completed my downward spiral in quite spectacular fashion, and I went on to lose many of the most important things in my life. And in most cases, those losses were permanent. That includes my marriage, my home, a few other relationships that dated back to my childhood, my reputation in my hometown, and my teaching career. Some days that's the hardest one for me to think about. Needless to say, I also lost all hope for a while. And for the first few years of my recovery, I just faked it. I tried to do everything they told me to do, and I pretended that it made me feel better. But the truth is, I didn't really begin to feel any real hope or optimism about my future again until this year. So as I look back and reflect on all that I have felt and experienced over the past year, I'm filled with only optimism and gratitude, not even a a hint of my old companion's guilt and shame. I think it finally hit me and then sunk in 
that 2022 was a landmark year for me. I have a feeling that this past year has been one of those turning points in my life that I will never forget. And I will remember it with only great pride and happiness. My last landmark year, seven years ago, will be remembered in quite a different light. 2022 was the year that the promises from the big book finally started to come true in my life. Don't get me wrong, this year has not been all rainbows and unicorns, but it has been extraordinarily positive. All of the introspection and hard work I put into my recovery have begun to pay off in some very tangible and, and measurable ways, and I couldn't be happier. So very briefly, I want to tell you about seven different areas where hope has re-entered my life in 2022. Here it goes. Number one. After five years of writing and rewriting and editing, I finally finished Between the Lines, a memoir about addiction, empathy, and evolution. And then it was published in March, and then it became an Amazon bestseller in several categories. Seeing this pipe dream of mine all the way to the finish line may be one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. And the fact that people are buying it and finding it useful only fuels my optimism and my belief in myself. I can't tell you how many times I nearly gave up altogether. Put the pen down, just let the book die on the page. But with the support and encouragement of countless others, I pushed through all that self-doubt and all the insecurities, and I did it. <laughs> it's still hard for me to, to say it. I, I so think about it. I'll never forget the day <laughs> that I opened that box pulled out the first real copy of my book and fanned its pages in front of my face just to smell it. The way I felt as I danced around my apartment with tears streaming down my cheeks and a huge smile on my face. Number two, a week or two after that book came out, I had a new pipe dream to pursue. This time, I believed in myself right from the start. My insecurities were waning, and in their place was some new kind of self-confidence that I had never felt before. It was a real self-confidence. I'd proven myself to myself. So I started making plans to launch a podcast with the same mission that inspired me to write the book. And within a month, I released the trailer for Between the Lines of the Podcast. Eight months later, with less than zero experience doing anything like this, um, I've written, produced, hosted, edited, promoted, and released 21 episodes of that podcast. And it has to be at least kind of good because people are now listening in 16 countries. Welcome to the show, Finland. And 39 states. Hello, Alabama. I see you. And just over half a year between the lines, the podcast made its way into the top 5% most shared podcasts in the world. I, I still think that, like, I want to send Spotify an email and, and make sure that they, they, they got the data right. But it's real. And I'm just still working out the kinks. I, I, I can't wait to see how much better the podcast is going to get and, and where I'll be a year from now. Number three, I didn't spend the whole year writing and making podcasts uh, as much as I would have loved that. I had a few other jobs too. I painted uh, any number of uh, bathrooms and bedrooms and kitchens and basements and fences and garages. I poured concrete. I did some demolition work. I pulled weeds, planted flowers. And uh, I shoveled miles of sidewalk in all parts of the city. None of that was very fun. But it was character building. At least I try to tell myself that. And 
I did manage to land my first client as a writing consultant or, or a writing coach. And I'm still trying to work out what I should call it. If you have ideas, uh, make sure to send me an email. Um, I helped my first client, Allison Burmeister. Uh, you may remember her from episode four. I helped her to format, to write and edit her first book. And I loved every minute of it. I felt like, ah, oh, this is something that, that I think I can really enjoy doing. And maybe I can turn it into um, part of my big picture plans. So, uh, either way, be sure to buy a copy of Allison's book when it hits the shelves sometime this year, I'm sure. These days, I'm working with two more authors as they put their finishing touches on their books. And I look forward to helping many, 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 many other burgeoning writers get their stories onto the page and into the hands of others. Number four. In my final piece of professional achievement news this year, I did dip my toes into the muddy waters of social media. For the first time in my life, really, and I have managed to build a pretty solid following within the recovery community on Instagram and Twitter. Turns out, social media can be used for the greater good. Thanks to all of you who have been following me, and to all of you who I follow, your stories have provided me with an endless supply of inspiration and hope. It's a really great uh, kind of addition to my recovery plan. Number five. All of that stuff aside, I have experienced maybe the most rewarding growth and evolution this year in my personal life. I've continued to make amends to the people who I hurt, deceived, betrayed, and let down during my active addiction. Some of those important relationships are now stronger than they've ever been. Most importantly, my relationship with my mom. Some other relationships are starting to show signs of new life. I don't want to sugarcoat it, though. There are some relationships that I may have damaged beyond repair. And a few of those I used to hold closest to my heart. But I still have hope for those relationships, too. And I don't see myself giving up on them anytime soon. So there comes a time when all hope for reconciliation with those Folks are lost, though I, I finally feel confident that I'll be able to handle it, handle life on life's terms for once. That's a that's a new thing for me. Another family news: I've been able to stay present and patient as both of my sons have uh, successfully transitioned into new schools this year. One of them into middle school, which most people think is like the worst place in the world, and, and others into high school, and the other one into high school, and. Um, so these two boys, uh, both in the big transition in their lives, and uh, and I've been there for them 100%, not 20% or 10% or whatever I was um, seven years ago. I'm so grateful that I've been clear-headed and focused enough to, to provide them with the support and empathy that they need at a time that is so crucial to their development as human beings. Their mom and I have worked together and supported each other well, and we couldn't be more proud of our two boys. Number six. My partner, Jessa, you re may remember her from episode 14, uh, and I have been spending another year uh, building a strong and healthy relationship based on love, compassion, and mutual respect. We encountered and overcame some very real obstacles in 2022, and we continue to grow and evolve together. Um, we've been spending time in all different areas of our lives uh, together and separately and sort of slowly warming people up to us as a couple, and uh, we've made a lot of progress. Their little unconventional blended family is coming together as well. We are really making it work. I am incredibly grateful for Jess's continued love and support in all areas of my life and, most importantly, in my recovery. Number seven. Lastly, this, uh, and this isn't exactly the best grand finale, I guess, but I managed to walk over 10,000 steps a day in 2022. Now, keep in mind that I live in Chicago. Uh, where November through March don't provide the most ideal walking conditions. But 
I did it. And the physical and mental benefits of this like new routine that I have uh, developed over the last like maybe year and a half are unbelievable. And as silly as it may seem, um, taking all those steps, not just 12, but 10,000, may have been the biggest biggest difference maker for my overall well-being in in 2022. I'm a walking fool. So I encourage all of you to walk with me in 2023. So all in all, in 2022, um, I couldn't... I've asked for anything else. It couldn't have been much better. Um, I couldn't have drawn it up better, as they say. And maybe this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, none of what I just recounted for you would have been possible if I wasn't continuing to make my weekly therapy and my recovery my my first priority. Those 12 pretty simple steps are essential for me, and I need to con- continue working on them for the rest of my life. I'd be dead without them. And I'm not overstating that. that. That's the truth. So those are those seven areas I wanted to let you know about. Let's get to those end of the year lists I love so much. All right. So um, the first uh, 2022 list I have for you Um is related in one way or another to those 10,000 steps a day that I was telling you about. So during those um, long walks I've been taking, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts because um, I like them and I'm learning more and more. I try to learn from them how to, how to um, you know, make my podcast better, but also because I love true crime. Um, and I just, it's kind of a nice, a nice uh, sort of someone to walk with me, I guess, uh, some of, the, some of these uh, cases that I'm going to tell you about. Um, I know that uh, these podcasts didn't all come out in 2022. These are just uh, podcasts that I loved listening to this year. Some of them have been around forever. Some of them are are new. Um, And I couldn't even get it down to 10. So these are the top 13 podcasts that I listened to in 2022 in reverse order, of course, just to build the tension. Anyway. Number 13, lucky number 13, is a podcast called Maintenance Phase. Um, anyway, and I'll list all of these in the episode notes um, for you so you don't have to be, take notes. Although if you would like to take notes, uh, that would make me happy that someone's out there listening and taking notes. Um, anyway, this number 13 on my list is Maintenance Phase. Uh, this is a podcast I just started listening to maybe a month or two ago. Um it is hosted by Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. And basically what they do is debunk that kind of junk science, science that's behind like health fads, wellness scams, and, and a lot of like baloney, um, for lack of a better, better word, nutritional advice. That is, you may uh, see all over social media or whatever, people talking about all the different uh, crazy diets that, that come and go. Anyway, they're funny. They're interesting. And they do some really good deep dive research on all these things. That's number 13. Number 12 on my list of podcasts for 2022 is one called Pretend. Pretend uh, is a podcast that um, it's, you know, so I, I mentioned that I really like true crime. This is like a, kind of a light, true crime light, um, I guess. This podcast uh, exposes the people behind some of the most notorious scams or cons like cult leaders and con artists and undercover FBI agents. It tries to pull back the curtain on the people who have been pretending to be someone that they're not. Um, I'm fascinated by it and they do a nice job of kind of keeping it light. Um, But there's some pretty unbelievable stories, some that you've heard of probably, but many that you have not. Okay, moving on to number 11. This is another true crime winner uh, called Culpable. This podcast explores um, kind of unsettled or unsolved cases where um, the people who it's pretty clear uh, they deserve the blame, let's just say, uh, they have somehow eluded justice. Each season is one case that they like really investigate and uh, and dig deep into, and um, it's pretty awesome. I got into them. I, I mean, I basically when I 
start, I gotta listen all the way through, which means I lose some sleep, but um, they're pretty great. Coming at number 10 is a podcast uh, that's been around for a while called Death, Sex, and Money. Um, it's a NPR, was an NPR show, I think, before podcasts, uh, you know, took over or took off. I guess they haven't taken over, but uh, this podcast is pretty great. The host is great, and uh, she sort of asks her guests about the big questions and hard choices that are often left out of polite conversations, um, which is, you know, it's a, a big part of of what I love to do, which is to have the difficult conversations. And she gets to do it with celebrities sometimes and some regular folks, but questions about hard things to talk about, like death, sex, and money, for example. All right, coming in number nine is another true crime winner called Cousins by Blood. I love the titles. Anyway, this one uh, has been going on for a long time. I've been listening to it forever. They, there was a long break between episodes anyway, because some of the, the crime is still, not the crime, but the the outcome of that crime is still ongoing. It's still unfolding. Um, it's a real uh, investigation. The crime was like 20 years ago, a murder, a double murder of a, a guy and his wife. And... Um, and then so now it's investigating um, sort of who really did it or if the guy that they think did it or was caught up in it, if that's really him. And uh, I, can, I, I can promise you that you couldn't write a more weird, unexpected twists and turns uh, than actually happened in this case. Um, there, there's a little bit of everything for you. And I like how they, how they do it. So anyway, that's number nine, Cousins by Blood. Coming in, number eight is Hidden Brain. It's an NPR one that I first heard on NPR uh, is hosted by Shankar Vedantam. Uh, once you listen to it, uh, you will learn to love Shankar's voice. Uh, like I feel like I could just close my eyes and listen to him talk. And even if I didn't understand a word he was saying, I would feel better and soothing and, and uplifting. Anyway, but Shankar uh, Vedantam, he uses this podcast to talk about um, kind of the unconscious patterns of human behavior, um, the things that shape our, our choices and, and direct our relationships. And he uses science and really great storytelling to do it. Um, so he gets experts on and people with real living experience to talk about these things. It's like a psychology, you know, one-on-one course with, uh, with guests um, and with a really charismatic, fun, interesting person leading the way. So check out Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedantam. That's number eight. Coming in at number seven is Something Was Wrong. This one might be the most um, unique of, uh, of the podcasts on my list. Um, it's award-winning. You've been around again for a long time. It's a true crime docu-series, I guess, about the discovery, trauma, and recovery from shocking life events and abusive relationships. That's how they bill it. I would say um, if you're one of those people who clicks on those articles about uh, narcissistic abuse and manipulation, um, then this one's for you. It, the, each season is different. Some of them follow one person who has like messed up the lives of countless people and kind of exposing that person in, in a way. And, and and some of the seasons are each episode is a different story from someone who, who, who calls in and, and participates, telling their story about how they finally realized that something was wrong with this person. Anyway, it's kind of, it's definitely kind of a sad podcast, but in a lot of cases, there is some redemptive value. And uh, anyway, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm very interested in, in these stories. I think you will be too. Coming at number six is a podcast called Revisionist History. This one is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, journey through the overlooked and misunderstood, as he says. Every episode re-examines something from the past, an event, a person, idea, uh, even in one case a song. And, uh, and it asks the question whether we got it right the first time. And 
you haven't ever heard Malcolm Gladwell just chatting, uh, you got something coming. He is, it's amazing. I, I, I imagine that he just sort of, it feels like he's just getting all this information and then just talking to us as he reads about it and thinks about it. And um, you just want to follow him wherever he goes. Okay. Coming in at number five is Sistas Who Kill. Yeah, I said that. Sistas. It's really called Sistas Who Kill. This is a true crime podcast that is like none of the other ones. I can't uh, even begin to explain to you how different this is than, than the other ones that I've heard anyway. Uh, it's hosted by two uh, black women who are best friends, and it's clear that they really are best friends. We've known each other for a long time. Um, and they they tell stories in the podcast of black women who kill. Uh they discuss the crimes, the outcomes, and how black women are treated differently in the justice system than their white counterparts. But uh, the podcast is much more than that. Um, it's hilarious, uh, which I've listened to a bunch of true crime podcasts who try to make like true crime stuff funny, and it doesn't work. Uh, well, these two women make it work. Um, if, for example, there's a one section on the podcast in the end that's called a, I didn't do it, but if I did, and, uh, and they, they get into what they would have done differently than the person they're talking about who just killed somebody. Uh, anyway, it's very funny, and their friendship is great, and it makes their the whole thing awesome. Anyway, it's at number five, but as I talk about it, I feel like I should have put Sisters Who Kill uh, higher on the list. Which brings me to number four. Uh, these last four, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. Uh, number four is Smartless. Um, this is the podcast with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. Uh, all guys you know from TV. Uh, and they interview their friends often or other celebrities from all areas of whatever. Anything. Like celebrities in sports and music and movies and uh, politics or everything. Um, their whole shtick from the beginning was that they're like three idiot guys who don't know anything about anything. And they do that pretty well, but it's definitely not true. And you figure that out um, after a couple of episodes that all three of them are pretty smart guys who know a lot, but they're hilarious. Uh, they're like, it's like a really great three dude friendship with, I also kind of love watching and, uh, or watching, listening to in the podcast. Um, it started during COVID, like where they couldn't see each other. And so they started Zooming and they're like, oh, let's do a podcast. Anyway, it's hilarious. And Jason Bateman and Will Arnett are both uh, guys who've been sober for a long time and talk about it. It comes up in their discussions with each other and they're very honest and vulnerable about it. And also they laugh about it and they talk to their guests about it, uh, which I really appreciate. So uh, anyway, you'll figure out how great Smartless is as soon as you listen to it. So that brings me to number three, which as soon as I looked at it, I wanted to move it to number one. Uh, number three is Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. If you're a fan of Conan O'Brien, then you know what I'm talking about already, and I'm sure you're listening to it. Um, I've loved him since the way back days when he took over the late night show. Um, anyway, and the, the podcast might be, this might be his best uh, medium for, for, what, for what he does. He uh, maybe this was the, the, where he should have been from the beginning. Um, anyway, and this one thing that makes it great is he has, there's three of them. It's Conan and then, uh, Sona and Matt who, uh, are sort of like his, I don't know, whatever their jobs are. One of them's assistant and one, you know, does some other, you know, kind of work for the podcast, but they, the three of them kind of co-host the show. They interview all kinds of celebrities and regular people who call in once a week too, which might be better than the celebrities. Um, and Conan gets the best guests because everyone wants to be on there. So you can have, you know, Obama or Michelle or Barack Obama uh, or any number of, you know, super Hollywood guests and the best musicians. And Conan O'Brien knows a lot about a lot of stuff and that's pretty awesome and also he might be the best like fly by the city your pants improv uh comedian out there he's a genius um and every I've, I've never listened to a bad one up to number three here uh i've heard a bad episode of all of those other podcasts i've never heard a bad episode of conan o'brien needs a friend so listen to that one 
And coming in number two is Heavyweight. This is a podcast uh, that I really did just start listening to this year. Uh, it's hosted by Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, I think it was started as an NPR thing, too. Um, and this is, I, I was trying to figure out how, how I would explain it, so I just looked at how it's explained on the on Spotify or wherever it is. Uh, and uh, they they describe describe it um, with these words. They say maybe you've laid awake and imagined how it could have been, how it might yet be, but the moment to act was never right. Well, Jonathan Goldstein makes it happen, uh, which is true. So basically, someone will write in or whatever with saying something like, "I met this person of thirty years ago at camp, and uh, I bullied them, and I've always felt bad about it, and I want to." find them. All I know is that their name is Paul and it was in Connecticut. And the heavyweight staff and Jonathan Goldstein will like do the research and figure it out. Sometimes it takes years to figure out, find that Paul and, and get the two people together on a phone call and, and, and talk. Um, that's a very simple way to, to explain it, but he's also hilarious. I mean, this guy is really, really funny. Um, in like a Peter Sagal kind of way, uh, where like you, you can tell again that he, you know, he doesn't have to write anything down. He's, he's, uh, one of the more witty people I've ever heard anyway. And some of these stories are really touching and heartwarming. Um, okay, here it is. Drum roll number one. If you've been listening, that was my drum roll. That was terrible. If you've been listening to me talk at all during the podcast, you've probably figured out that I love this podcast. It is Armchair Experts um, with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman. Um, there's a bunch of iterations of it. There's um, one um, called Armchair Anonymous where people call in with or, or, or write in with like interesting stories or listener stories kind of. Um, there's Flightless Bird, where there's a, a, a guy who got, got stuck here during COVID from New Zealand, and he's like doing documentaries all about very American things. Those are really cool, too. Uh, so everything under their umbrella I love, but let's just stick to Armchair Expert anyway. Which is this podcast um, with Dax and Monica, who, who talk to basically the same, <laughs> very similar or the same guests that uh, the guys on Smartless have or that Conan has. Uh, these like celebrities and their friends and people um, who they know in the kind of Hollywood circles. Um, but also what maybe separates arm checks for more is that they also get all these experts in all, every field to come on and talk about like Neil deGrasse Tyson to talk about time space and whatever, and astrophysics. Um, and again, the Obamas or um, I mean, you, I, you, you couldn't possibly think of like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone that they couldn't get on. I can't think of someone, obviously if you get Barack Obama on and Michelle Obama, on, then you can, then you can and Biden or you can get, you, you can obviously get anyone you want on there and they do. And they're thoughtful and Dex knows a lot about a lot like Conan does. He's like a very smart dude. But what I appreciate the most about it is that he is most fascinated by uh, kind of how messy life is, how messy it is to be a human being. And he's, and he and he loves people who that are willing to be vulnerable and honest about their struggles and their shortcomings. Uh, and if that sounds familiar, familiar to you, um, and you're in recovery, it's because Dax is also in recovery for a long time, and he talks very openly about it, um, about his experience um, in, during his active addiction and in recovery. And he talks to a lot of his guests about it and his friends about it. And uh, he's really open and vulnerable. Some of you might think too much, um, but it's an inspiration to me. And, and, and if you listen to how the way the way his guests respond to him, you'll see. Uh, I think uh, the benefit of it. It's kind of like non people that aren't in AA getting a, a chance to to feel what that's like. Um, obviously, this whole thing is right up my alley. Anyway, and I love them both. And they're really funny. So armchair expert at number one. Now it's time for my second end of year list and i'll do my best to move this one along a little faster okay my second and last list uh was inspired by 
uh, last week's discussion about addiction movies and, and TV shows and stuff. So it got me thinking, like, what are my actual, like, what are the best? If I had to make a best of uh, list from this year that I've been watching, what would it be? You know, not just addiction movies, but everything, or not uh, just addiction related stuff, but everything. So I came up again with my top 13 because I couldn't get down to 10. Top 13 shows, just shows, um, you know, series that you might see on a streaming thing um that i watched in 2022 again i know that they all didn't just come out in 2022 uh but these are the top 13 shows that i watched in 2022 also in reverse order of course coming in at number 13 south side this is a great show on hbo it's uh kind of a farcical but also realistic comedy about the south side of chicago um, it's hilarious, uh, and it's got uh, one of my former uh, peers and colleagues uh, when I was teaching and working with a spoken word program in Oak Park, uh, Langston. Um, uh, he is in a couple of episodes, and then eventually, I think in the last season, becomes some uh, a writer. Or uh, he's he's doing great things. Anyway, uh, Langston Kerman, you'll see him there, and and I love. Chance the Rapper makes an appearance. Uh, a lot of Chicago kind of cameos. Uh, anyway, this show is hilarious. It kind of flips the stereotypes that you may have about um, about the South Side of Chicago, if you're from around here, or about urban black culture, or about cops and and community. And I mean, I don't know. It's 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 unbelievable. Watch it. Okay, coming in at number twelve is another comedy called Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. This one is created by Mindy Kaling, uh, and it's a comedy about the kind of high school drama of a girl whose parents are immigrants from India. It's another show that uses some like exaggeration and hyperbole, probably, to highlight the stereotypes about high school and about immigrant Indian families in the U.S. Um, but it's genius, you know. I, I'm sure all of us have watched enough sitcoms about whatever, high school clicks and uh, all that kind of, you know, the stuff that you're familiar with. Uh, so that's a hard thing to do and do in a new way, but uh, this does it. It's really, really funny. And obviously there's stuff about culture and race that I think is really interesting too. And keeping out for Chicago's own common in a little two or three episode storyline. Okay, number 11. Number 11 uh, this year for me was Under the Banner of Heaven. It's a show on Hulu, a series on Hulu that uh, it's like dramatization of a true crime thing. So it's not uh, you know, a documentary, but uh, it's a real crime based on a, a great book by the same name um, about a really unbelievable, um, I don't want to give too much away, crime involving Mormons and the Mormon church and um, some very interesting characters. And anyway, there's great acting in it and it's an unbelievable story that uh, I think you'll be hooked within the first few minutes of it if you check it out. Coming in number 10 is a show that I just started watching this week and it made the top 10, not this week, I mean the last week of 2022, uh, sorry, two weeks ago. Um, the show is called Letter Kenny and it's on Hulu. I can't believe I haven't heard of it before because there's a like a 10 or 11 seasons in it, uh, of it, but Somehow, I it hadn't gotten to me. Anyway, it's unbelievably hilarious, irreverent, ridiculous, and sometimes a little bit raunchy. Uh, comedy about a small town in Canada called Letterkenny. Um, it's another funny take on stereotypes, uh, but in this case, it's about Canadians, about uh, hockey players, about farmers, about uh, meth addicts, about Christians. Um, and I couldn't stop laughing. I'm, I'm from, you know, the Midwest, and my extended family is from Minnesota, so which is Canada. Everybody knows it's the same thing. Um, so uh, a lot of the people on this side are kind of like my uncles. Um, and it's just hilarious. The dialogue is, uh, I, and I don't say this lightly, Shakespearean. I'm pretty sure that Shakespeare would agree and tip his cap to the writers of the show. Uh, the wordplay and puns and uh, everything. I mean, I I, I can't uh, I can't say it enough. Anyway, I also uh, heard that Brad Pitt loves this show. Um, 
So that should be enough. Anyway, pitter-patter. Let's get at her, boys. Number nine. Number nine on my list is Last Chance You. That's a Netflix show. Uh, there were a few uh, seasons about about football programs, junior college football programs, but most recently they have two seasons um, about a junior college basketball program in East L.A. So uh, it's a real-time documentary series with, like, I don't know, 10, 8 or 10 episodes each, each uh, season. Following this um, East L.A. Junior College, ELEC. ELAC, East, East, East LA Community College. Anyway, uh, it and following their basketball program that is full of uh, kids who, in this case, it's one of the best programs in California. So it's kids who some of them were Division One basketball players and then had to leave for one reason or another. They got themselves in some trouble or they had academic issues or personal problems at home that they had to leave. Or it's kids who should have been going to Division One who couldn't um, for some of those same reasons. And uh, anyway, they call it last chance. You obviously because if they're here at junior college in East LA, and some of them are, you know, have already had their their shot that this is their last chance. And if they blow here, they're 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 not going to have their dream of making the NBA or or playing four years at a at a D one school. Anyway, there's a great coach, Coach Mosley, who coaches the team and these kids. And again, it's like. If you have stereotypes about athletes or, or, or young black men playing basketball uh, or about the L.A., uh, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking. And and anyway, Coach Mosley, you're going to just watch it. Please just watch it. All right, number eight, The Morning Show. The Apple TV show, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, and a million other great actors that you've seen all over the place. This one, I feel like people aren't talking about enough. It's been out for and over for a while, but I just watched watched most of it this year. It's a drama that kind of mirrors the Matt Lauer Me Too situation uh, or scandal or problems. And I can promise you that it's going to make you think and laugh and cry. And it, and it and they don't. It, they don't wrap it up real nice for you and give you like, oh, here's what you should think. Um, you're gonna you're gonna feel conflicted about it all. I promise you that. Anyway, and Steve Carell is fucking perfect. He's one of the best actors uh, I can think of in a long, long time. And Jennifer Aniston is great, and everybody else. Moving on, number seven. Won't spend too much time talking about this one um, because I talked about it last week. It's Dope Sick on Hulu. I already talked about it, but now I've watched it all the way through twice uh since then uh the story as i mentioned it's, it's based on the true story of big pharma um and the opioid crisis and the role um that they played in creating it and and making it continue and kind of the shady dirty underhanded stuff that they did to make it to make it happen and can keep it happening even though they knew uh, that they, they were causing, you know, millions of deaths and it wasn't going to get worse. I mean, it wasn't going to get better. So uh, it's not that uplifting, although obviously, uh, you know, they have suffered some consequences and things that I think are probably looking up. But it is something that I think everybody needs to watch. Every human being on the planet needs to watch because you're going to learn a lot and uh, they do it very well. And this is, this is based on facts. It's not somebody's um you know guess about what happened it's the truth number six black af actually hashtag black af it's a netflix show again one that i don't think people are talking about enough uh and i'm starting to see a theme in the kind of shows that uh that i like this one's a sitcom it was created written and directed by kenya barris who uh, also plays the protagonist dad on the show. Uh, And it makes sense, considering that it's mostly based on his own family. Uh, Barris, in real life, is the creator of Blackish and Grownish and Mixedish. (laughs) He also created America's Next Top Model and a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, to say the least, he's a genius and he's filthy rich. Uh, So it's a story, it's like, uh, it's like, um, you know, story address, and it's a comedy, but addressing, like, you know, against stereotypes and and the, the complex issues around race, um, but with a super rich black family in Hollywood, uh, which is a weird place to put that, or, like, a new place to put that. 
Uh, and it's it'll make you think, and you will laugh your ass off and feel super uncomfortable at least once or twice an episode, and there's a lot of great acting in it. Okay, number five, Ozark. It's on Netflix, obviously. Uh, you've probably heard about it, uh, unless you've been living under a rock somewhere that doesn't have Wi-Fi. Super dark crime drama about um, heroin, money laundering, Mexican cartels, and the American family. Uh, and it's set in the Ozarks in Missouri. Uh, again, a unique setting. Uh, and it stars Jason Bateman, the only person to appear on both of my lists. Good for you, buddy. Uh, and Laura Linney. But in my opinion, um, Julia Garner, who is the actor that plays uh, Ruth, uh, absolutely kills it and steals the show in every season. Anyway, the series, it, which is sadly over forever, is great in all the ways that The Sopranos was great. Uh, but it's better. And I used to live for Sunday night uh, viewing of The Sopranos back in the day. So if you haven't watched Ozark, stop listening to this stupid podcast and go watch it right now. Okay, number four. I'm realizing this is, uh, I'm talking more than I want to. I'm going to try to zip it. Anyway, number four, uh, White Lotus, another HBO show. Uh, another one that you'd have to be dead to not already be on to, but shit, this show is amazing. I love both seasons. Uh, nothing like watching entitled rich white people looking dumb, um, but kind of winning in the end anyway, uh, which makes it dark, uh, but probably realistic, I guess, um, without spoiling it for both of you out there who haven't already seen both seasons, but it's amazing mystery murder thing where you learn the murder at the beginning and it takes a whole season to figure out who did it and it takes place at awesome location resorts. So, uh, one in Hawaii and then one in um, Italy. Uh, so, please, please, please watch this show if you haven't already done it. And there's more great uh, acting as well. All right, coming in at number three, Severance on Apple TV. This might be the most creative, odd, unique series uh, I've ever seen uh, at any time in my life. Uh, I usually can't stand a sci-fi anything. And I suppose Severance does qualify as sci-fi, so uh, I have to say this is the exception to my rule. Uh, if you don't know about Severance, which I think was nominated for like 1,000 awards uh, in its first season, um, I, I never checked to see if, how many it won, but it deserves all of them. Uh, the show takes place mostly in a kind of nondescript uh, office, like um, if you saw Office Space, much like that. Uh, has a real cubicles and everything. But the people who work there have been, listen carefully, surgically divided between their work lives and their personal lives. And when they walk out of the building at the end of the day, something happens and they have no idea what they did at work all day or who was at their work all day or anything about about their work life. And then when they walk back through the doors the next day into work, they lose all memory of who they are or who they know outside of work. Noodle that for a minute. Get back to me. Anyway. Uh, that's all I want to say about it because I don't want to I don't want to give anything away. And I don't know how to I can't describe it anyway. Um, but the last thing I will say about severance is Christopher Walken. Yep. Coming in number two is a little show called Succession. It's on HBO, another one that I think probably just about everyone has either heard of or seen. Um, and look at that, another show featuring entitled rich white people being assholes. Except these assholes are even richer. And maybe things don't actually work out that well for any of them, uh, which is refreshing. Um, Without giving it too much away again, uh, the dialogue is clever and hard-hitting and hilarious. I promise you'll leave each episode with at least three or four one-liners that are <laughs> stuck in your head um, that I want to recreate for you right here, but I won't. Um, and oh, like uh, Severance is like this too, but the cliffhangers at the, at the end of each episode are torturous. Uh, I mean, genius and torturous, but you couldn't possibly watch the end of one episode and not uh, 
have to see the next one. Um, but it does feel like the it, torture. Anyway, the entire cast of the show is brilliant, but uh, Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden are uh, my favorites and definitely the most convincing in their roles, um, which might say something about the actual character of those two actors. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't because uh, they're dicks. The, they're, the characters they play are dicks. But uh, the acting they do is amazing. Anyway, watch all the previous seasons. And there's three uh, before season four drops, uh, which I really hope uh, happens soon, but you never know, especially with HBO. Okay, here's my drum organ. That's all I got. Number one. I'm not going to surprise people. I'm not going to come up with a show that you've never heard of. It's Ted Lasso. The greatest show that's ever been on TV, ever. Um, that includes Cheers. It's better than Cheers. Uh, Ted Lasso, uh, I'm sure you already know about the show. It's written by, or co-written by, and starring Jason Sudeikis. It's about a washed up, or kind of washed up, college American football coach. Who gets hired to coach a British soccer team? Uh, like a not one of the top top teams anyway. Uh, a team that's kind of struggling anyway. He doesn't know anything about soccer, and he's an American in England, and uh, having some personal crisis at home as well. But whatever I could say about Ted Lasso, the character, or Ted Lasso, the series, will undoubtedly fall short of being any kind of acceptable way to describe their greatness. Honestly, I think Ted Lasso is a perfect show. I have laughed out loud more times during its first two seasons than I have during the rest of my time on planet Earth. And I am also uh, sure to cry tears of sentimentality or nostalgia or some other warm feeling at least twice per episode. So just please watch the show. I mean, it, it'll make you a better person. It will make you better right away. It's that good. And what a perfect number one um, for this episode of this particular podcast, because Coach Lasso's most endearing, ever-present, and defining character traits are his boundless empathy and optimism. That dude would absolutely dominate any 12-step program he met. I, I, almost have to, I almost have to watch a few episodes uh, before bed tonight. Uh, I miss Ted Lasso or Jason Sudeikis or, or the show. I'm not sure. I, I miss it all. Anyway, that should just about do it, y'all. Thanks for listening today and bearing with me chit-chat on about the things that I like to talk about. And don't forget to take a second or two to rate, review, and follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It makes a difference when you do that. And that's what I appreciate about you, Katie. Anyway, thank you for being part of my landmark year in 2022. And happy 2023. To each and every one of you, it's officially the year of the Jordan. So it just might be the greatest year of all time. I don't know, but I'm hopeful. I get back to interviewing guests next week. You'll be happy to know. Instead of just blabbering on, on, and on, and on, all by myself. So that should be a good start to the year. And in the wise, wise words of my Uncle Dave, who I just realized would have been celebrating a birthday today. Keep it simple, be humble, and hope for the best. See ya.